In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's good to be at St. Bartholomew's Church this morning. Good for us to be gathered for the worship of Almighty God. Good for us to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ who is risen from the dead. And good for us uh, to have this opportunity to connect as bishop and congregation on the occasion of the bishop's annual visitation. I'm grateful to you all for your hospitality this morning. I guess that we cannot take the opportunity for worship for granted these days uh, after the experience of the last couple of years. So I'm grateful for that hospitality and the opportunity to gather with you all who are present here today and also those who are joining us remotely. Uh, So I'm grateful for that hospitality, but above all, I'm grateful to you all for your leadership in the Diocese of Tennessee as a congregation. I'm grateful to Serena for her leadership here at St. Bartholomew's, and uh, grateful as well to your vestry in this time of transition at St. Bartholomew's. Grateful to them for their leadership and for their good stewardship of the resources that have been given you all here at St. Bartholomew's for the mission and ministry of the church. And I'm grateful to everybody in this congregation, uh, both professionals and volunteers, who are engaged in this ministry. It really does take so many people to resource the lively ministry of a congregation like St. Bartholomew's. There is, I hope you all are conscious, a lot going on and many people involved who are making that possible. So I'm grateful to them, but I am, above all, grateful to you all present here today and also joining us remotely for your leadership in the Diocese of Tennessee. You may not think about yourselves as leaders, but in fact you are. I've got evidence that you are leaders in our diocese because it's you all who are present today who by your prayers and presence are making it possible for us to be the church here at this time and in this place. You all are doing that. I'm not not doing that. You all are doing that. And that is an incredible, incredible Uh, act of Christian leadership, making the life of this congregation and its vital ministries uh, available. You all are doing that. I'm not. What a great act of leadership it is. You may not think about yourselves as leaders, but you are. And I am incredibly grateful to you all for the ministry of this church. Truly, it is good for us to be together here today at St. Bartholomew's. From the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Today we're at that point in Lent where there's more behind us than there is ahead of us. Palm Sunday next week, incredible, isn't it? And then, of course, Easter following. 
two weeks, but still time to practice the disciplines of Lent, still time to exercise ourselves in prayer, fasting, and works of mercy, still time to stretch our spiritual muscles, still time to repent. Some of us are at a similar point in life where there's more behind than there is before, though no one knows the precise schedule, thank God. But like our Lenten journey, for Christians, there is always time for action, whatever our situation. There is still time for us to practice the Christian life, still time for us to follow Jesus, still time for us to become whoever it is that God calls us to be. In other words, now is the time for us to lean into the future that God is creating and to walk through the door that he's opening. Now, this third chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Philippians finds the apostle conjuring with a similar juncture in life between what's behind and what's before him, between what was and what will be. In the third chapter, he considers himself in terms of who he is, circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul considers himself in terms not just of what he's accomplished, which is where a lot of us go to, but also of what he's been born into, his privilege, if you will. For St. Paul, all of this is worthless compared to what lies before him. So he writes, yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Paul makes it clear in that third chapter that knowing Jesus Christ and being his disciple is of surpassing worth. It's not an accomplishment or even a privilege that is possessed, though it certainly is a gift. And it's like Paul's membership in the people of Israel. It's a gift. For the apostle, knowing Jesus Christ and being found in him is still a goal that lies ahead. In this sense, it's, it's not his possession. It's a gift, and it still lies ahead in its fullness. So he writes, 
I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow, here's the punchline, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. It's still something ahead. It's still to be attained. There is what is behind and what is before him. What is behind this Lent and what is still ahead? What is behind us in life and what still is to come? That's the juncture. So Paul writes, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Jesus is the one who has claimed him and invited him forward. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, Paul writes, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. There is what is behind and then what is before, and Paul is facing firmly into what is ahead of him, straining forward, pressing on, reaching the goal that is still to come. There is what is behind and what is before him. This critical juncture between what was and what lies ahead is the time for Paul to stretch himself and to strain forward. In other words, it's a time for action. It's a chance to answer the call. It's a time not to dwell on who he is or what he's accomplished. I guess we all do this, don't we? But it's not that time. It's a time to consider what God wants to do with him for the future. Uh, notice that St. Paul is not talking about a future endlessly deferred. Uh, what we might call uh, pie in the sky, by and by. That was like a tagline at one time. Pie in the sky, by and by. That sense of the future promise that God gives us. What's got Paul exercised and excited is the possibility of action now, not pie in the sky. The possibility of action now. As he says, I press on to make it my own. Now, don't get me wrong, St. Paul is talking about a heavenly call, a goal that has not yet been reached. But he knows the importance 
of taking action in the present, of moving into the future, of acting now to claim the prize. I suppose if there's a takeaway from this sermon, that's it. The possibility of action now. If it's true for Paul, it's true for us. Now this Lent is the time for us to stretch ourselves, to strain forward for what lies ahead, to press on to the prize. What has been set before us by God has never been about our dream or about our hope for the future, as important as those things are. But it's been about who God has called us to be in Jesus Christ our Lord. We claim that future each time we come to the altar rail for Holy Communion to receive the body and blood of Christ that is the means of life for us. We step into our identity in Christ each time we turn to God in prayer. Each time we say the Lord's Prayer, our Father, we're claiming that identity in Christ. And we see the presence of Christ, a glimpse of the future, in each other, In each act of service and ministry, we extend to others in need, our fellow parishioners, folks we scarcely know, the neighbor we encounter on the way. We glimpse that future that still lies ahead. Now is the time to forget what lies behind us, no matter how worthy it is, in order to stretch ourselves forward to what lies ahead. And now to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us ascribe as is most justly due all might, power, majesty, and dominion this day and forever.